So I've been thinking a lot about a lot of different things. Coming off of the Real Art, Real Business Summit that just ended about a week ago, I'm really focused on now translating a lot of the things that I personally learned from the interviews, from talking to people, and not just the things that they said, but also doing all of it and running it and putting all these different things together and, and other stuff like that. We had another episode recently that were my big takeaways and, and that episode is, is awesome. But this is a little bit different in the sense that I've been really ripping apart these different things that I've been focused on and thinking about and finding a lot of these commonalities from all the speakers that we had on the Real Art Real Business Summit. This episode is going to go into some of those thoughts and some of those ideas and kind of what I'm thinking about and pulling apart and what you really need to know about what makes so many of these people successful in the art business realm. That's what we're talking about today on The Jeweler's Philosophy. So the big question is this, how are artists, jewelers, and art-based business owners like us who make our own products and run our businesses, how do we find the time and the money to push our creative limits and still grow and scale our companies? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Mark Farrell, the jeweler, and welcome to The Jeweler's Philosophy. What's up, everybody? I'm Mark Farrell, the jeweler. Welcome to the Jeweler's Philosophy Podcast. And today, the the structure of the episode is a little bit different. It's kind of more of just a rant a little bit about some of these ideas that are just running around in my head that I got from as a result of the Real Art Real Business Summit. Not only who I talked to and what we talked about, but also some of the things that I learned about putting together all these different things. And and I wanted to talk to you guys about it today because it's something that is kind of consuming what I'm doing. So a lot of you know, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, that I run every morning, five days a week during the week I run. And I run about two and a half miles every every morning. It really helps me get my head straight. And And the thing that's crazy is that the last couple of weeks, since the end of the summit, and even as the summit was going on, I have these reoccurring, like nagging thoughts that I can't seem to get rid of. And as a result, I wanted to come on here and I wanted to share some of these with you guys because they are really impacting a lot of what I'm wanting to do next and also how I am viewing not only the things that I have done, but also the things that I'm working towards and the things that I'm wanting to do. So, you know, a couple of the things that to put into context what this is. So in the past, I've done a whole myriad of different things. I've done trade work, I've done custom, I've done craft shows. My wife and I produced her jewelry line. We, are in, we did wholesale, we were in 70 stores across the country. We have done that stuff for the last 10 years. I've primarily just done custom and custom bridal. And I also did trade work at the same time. We were making pieces, we were manufacturing pieces for other brands and stuff like that. 
So we've kind of run this weird gamut of, of being in all these different jewelry places. And it's really interesting to start seeing some of these commonalities. So a lot of the stuff that's been running through my head is, you know, I talk a lot about being an artist. And that is, you know, everybody that's listening to this, is watching this, we're all artists in some form. But the term artist is so ambiguous, right? I've, I've defined it as being an artist is giving a visual pictorialization of an idea, thought, or belief. And that's pretty much across the board. It doesn't matter what your medium is or anything else like that. And then on the other end of that, right, the, the other, the flip side of that coin for, the mo- for most people is a craftsman. Craftsmen are a little bit different in the sense that when you're talking about art, you, as an artist, you have, normally, you have a visual, it's a visual pictorialization of a belief, idea, or thought, or something, and so you're trying to convey something visually that you're making, and that is your art. Now, as a craftsperson, as a craftsman, the idea of what that is is different. Typically, craft is more of a utilitarian application. It's, you know, fine art or art is considered to be painting, drawing, sculpture. But then craft disciplines are your uh, fibers, your wood or, or furniture design, jewelry, ceramics. It, they're, they're definitely usable pieces, right? Like you don't use a painting you view a painting and but with uh, being a, a jewelry artist right you use jewelry you wear it you use ceramics you do other stuff so that's a craft discipline now i'm making this weird hybrid that a lot of people like that is like you know your discipline artist right so i consider myself to be a jewelry artist because i'm in, in some of my work i'm conveying a message a belief or an idea and that puts me in a different arena right craftspeople Throughout the, the test of time, craftspeople tend to be the money makers. And the reason is because they are utilitarian. You know, a potter back in the day, people needed a way to eat food and, and things to eat food on. So they would go and, and buy plates and bowls and stuff like that from a potter. And they were supporting an artist, but at the same time, they were also buying a utilitarian good you know, fibers, they would, you would go and you would go to a seamstress or you would go to a tailor or something like that and they would make you new clothes, a new jacket, a new something like that. And they are also an artist, but they typically are, craftspeople are typically the ones that are utilitarian, that are more, I don't want to say money driven, but are more focused on the, the end of the money. And the reason is because they are selling a skill. You acquire a skill, they are trade workers. Craftspeople are typically trade workers. Other trades include plumbers, electricians. You could even talk about dentists or lawyers or something like that, right? A specialist. And they're selling their skill. And there's this stark difference between selling an idea and selling a skill. Now, if you're selling a skill that's also attached to an idea, that's when you get this this beautiful hybrid. And I'm really thinking really hard to come up with a new name that encompasses this whole hybrid idea that is not just an artist because being an artist is one thing but going through art school 
and all of you guys can attest to this, I, I have no doubt, and I, I don't mean this as a slam, it's just the truth, right? In art school, they care less about how you produce the work. They care less about even the final outcome look of the work. It's more about the message, and if your message is good but your artwork is not that great, right? If the message is there, uh, a lot of times it can be revered. Now, I'm not, I love Jackson Pollock. I'm not slighting this in the least, but skill-wise, right, the thing that makes that so attractive is that he was the first one to have that idea, to convey that knowledge, right? That's why I personally love Dadaism. Uh, there's something about it that is so cerebral, so mental, that I just can't get it out of my head. And so I've been fighting with this back and forth. So many craftspeople, so many jewelers, so many of, of us that are monetizing these things that we're able to do, art or craft, a lot of times when it comes down to doing commission pieces, you, are, you have a lot of constraints. You've got a lot of rules. You're trying to please somebody else. You're trying to do these different things, right? But at the end of the day, your skills are what you're selling. You're selling the skill you're not selling the idea of what the skill means. And so many of us, myself included for so many years, have been selling the skills improperly, right? Because we're not selling the idea of what the skill embodies or what we are able to do with that skill. We're selling just the skill itself. And, and it comes down to, when you lose that sale in the customer's eyes, it comes down to the fact that you didn't sell the right thing or you sold the skill itself and the person looks at that, the customer looks at that and they realize that there's other people with the same skill that may, obviously they're probably not doing it as good as you are, but they feel like they don't need to go to you because you didn't sell the idea good enough and you didn't sell the skill good enough. What you did was you sold the skill. So now they're locked on the skill and they are going to go to somebody else. So for me, right, as a jeweler, I would say my ring sizing is $40, but I didn't sell why it was $40. I sold just the skill and they're going to go down the street and they're going to hit this race to the bottom thing, which I don't really care about because if somebody else wants to undercut it, that's fine. They'll be out of business. It doesn't bother me. The thing that's interesting is that the more custom that you're doing and stuff like that, if you're really solving a problem, selling the ideas of what this is is really important. Now, fast forward or backtrack, I should say, to the Real Art Real Business Summit and talking to all of these different people that explained why things were working and how things were working in their specific business. And it's interesting to see how many of them are trying to just sell the skill and how many of them are selling the idea of what, and, and using the skills more of, a, of an idea, a justification, uh, making that be something that is approachable in your customer's eyes. The thing that's really crazy, so I've been, as I've been running, right, as I've been running, I've been trying to figure out, I've been really ripping apart what this means, and I've been ripping apart the fact that, you know, I sell a skill majority of the time when I'm doing custom pieces, you know, people do come to me for my own custom designs, my own custom work, my own custom whatever, but nine times out of 10, right? 90% of the time, the people that are coming to me that are paying 
me to do the thing. It's, it's they've got an idea and they want me to use my skill. They want me to impart my abilities onto their stuff. The problem is, is that they're weighing my abilities versus somebody else's abilities and they don't understand the difference between what I'm doing and what somebody else is doing. Uh, and this may, this may sound really familiar to you, right? You may be in a very similar boat. You may be in the boat of you are a ceramicist or something, a painter, it doesn't matter. And you know, a photographer and people don't understand why your price is, is as high as it is. And it's because we're not, we're not telling people about that. We're not romanticizing that. We're not doing that. It's like we as artists, we as uh, craftspeople, we are bringing this together. Now, the thing that's interesting is that we need both of these things to make what I'm talking about really work. Like, so if art is just about the final message, it doesn't mean it has to be made well. And to me, that bothers me. I want my stuff to be made well. I want, I want the artwork that I'm buying to be made well. It doesn't, the message is very important, but at the same time, the product, the level of the product is also important. Now, I know that the people, everybody that's watching this or listening to this, you are not the people that I'm talking to, right? As far as not having your craftsmanship dialed in and everything else like that. But it's this other idea of people like, oh, I'm an artist, you know, and, and, and they're just putting out things for me and jewelry. It drives me bananas when people don't clean up their work and it's sloppy and they say that that's the style. Sloppy is not a style. I'm sorry. It's just not. It's not a style. It's your inability to hold yourself to a higher standard. You can make something that looks very rustic and very beat and very, um, you know, not thrown together, but elemental, very pieced in, very, you know, collage-like. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to make it well without your craftsmanship in there, right? So, for what I'm talking about, this new idea that I'm trying to figure out the name of, it's the craftsmanship. You have to focus on the craftsmanship, my products. I focus on the craftsmanship. The way that that product is made is extremely important to me. The message that's in there is also very important to me because that's the other end, right? And, and that's what the production line that I'm making is all about. It's about the message and it's about it being made the best that it absolutely can be. And so Elegant World is going to be this, this culmination of craftsmanship and, and idea and pushing what the artist's vision is. But at the same time, the craftsmanship is 100% at the forefront of what it is. And there's this magic that happens when that comes together. Think about companies that have nothing to do with art, right? Think about Nike, right? Why does everybody want to buy Nike? Why does everybody believe in what Nike is, right? Their message, just do it. Mixed with their quality. Like I have bought Nike products in the past and I don't, they don't fall apart. I wear them out and they stay very good, right? Their quality is extremely high, but their messaging and branding and their belief in the, the thing that they're actually selling you on is also extremely high. Couple that with other companies that are similar, right? Like if you're looking to just buy something that will fit your need, which a lot of people come to me for, for jewelry, where they're getting married and they want a ring. They need an engagement ring, but they don't want, they're more focused on the price and they're less focused on the quality or the messaging or anything else like that. They're not going to be my customer. But this idea of it's not one or the other. As a craftsperson, to move above selling just your skills, you need to add 
the artist mentality onto it. You need to art, add the the um, artist's belief structure, right? You need to add the artist's meaning to your to your craftsmanship. And if you're an artist, to elevate your next level, right? It, it, you need to make your product a better quality product. You need to use better materials. You need to use better skills. You need to acquire things that are different. And so uh, these two things work hand in hand, but in so many people's heads, mine included, right? It was like, I went to art school and I, uh, I was an artist and it was all about the messaging. Didn't matter what I did to make it. Didn't matter how it looked at the end of the day, right? The actual physical piece in art school did not matter. What mattered was the final product and the message that I was evoking with that piece, sloppy or not. And, and, and I was graded very heavily on the way the messaging came across and less important was how it was made, how the stone was set, how the piece was actually put together. It was the end messaging. And it's interesting how some of the best grades that I got were with pieces that got totally jacked up. When I was in school, I was a ceramics kid and pieces would split in the kiln and, and I didn't have time to fix it or redo it. So I would change my messaging and I was able to weave this story and sell it. And, and I got this great, uh, this great grade on this piece that I had totally jacked up and, and the craftsmanship was not there right now. It was a piece of it, but it wasn't like at the forefront. Fast forward to going to new approach school for jewelers as a trade school and the entire thing was focused on the abilities of me and the craftsmanship that I was able to produce. In a jewelry store, in a commercial jewelry setting, right? nobody cares about the messaging. They only care about the craftsmanship and they only care about the skills that you are able to have and obtain and use. But the problem is, is that they don't want to pay you for them, right? Nobody wants to pay you for them because I'm not the only jeweler in Tennessee. I'm not the only jeweler in the world. And so they're going to, depending on if they, it's going to suit their needs, right? Think about when you're going to get your car fixed. If it's something that you don't really care about, you're going to try to find the cheapest place, right? If you're just looking for something to suit a need, you need a new I just went and bought a new coffee grinder. I don't care about the coffee grinder, right? Like I love coffee and I want a nice coffee grinder, but I don't need something that is going to do grind it nine different ways and do all this other stuff, right? I just want a rotary coffee grinder. And I literally went in and I bought the cheapest one I could find. Now it was $13 and there were other brands that said that they could do a lot more for, you know, $30, $40, but it wasn't worth it to me to spend that because all I needed to do was grind my coffee, right? So taking that idea and, and kind of extrapolating it into the sense that, you know, to elevate like on their own, right? You could be an artist and you're going to hit a cap. You're going to hit a cap because the people that are looking at only the messaging are going to be your customers. But the people that are looking at the messaging and the longevity of the piece or the quality of the piece or something like that, they're going to be looking at the way it's made. Vice versa, from a craftsman standpoint, you're going to be, you know, you're going to have these skills and the better you can produce these skills, that's great. But it comes down to your customer valuing the skills that you're trying to sell them. And if they don't value it, which isn't a fault of your own, they're going to go somewhere else that these people are going to have less skills. They value it more in line with what they value it at, right? A lot of people don't care. They just want the ring to be able to fit on their damn finger. 
To me, I think that's goofy because if it's poor craftsmanship, you are going to pay less money, but it's also going to not, you're not fixing the problem. You're just off-putting it, right? You're going to come back and you're going to have to do it again and again and again and again and again. There's something magical that happens that brings you above these levels when you can combine these two things and you can make them one thing. I don't know what to call that because there's already an artist, there's already a craftsman, I've already defined what those two things are, but when they're added together, this synergy happens and that's the key. When you can put the immense craftsmanship with a beautiful message, that's when this third level is created. And that's where all of the real famous artists that we know and love or companies, right? That's where they all sit. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Nike. Talking about artists, right? That's where Warhol is sitting. That's where Dolly is sitting. That's where all these other people are are sitting. it's, It's the craftsmanship. It's the way it's made. It's the quality of the goods. It's everything else like that mixed with the messaging, and I need a name for that, uh, and I don't know what it is. So uh, I'm gonna ask you guys, if you have an idea uh, of what I should be calling this, go to at Buffalo Craft Co. on Instagram, go to at The Jewelers Philosophy on Instagram, or on Facebook, either one, that's the same handle. Go there and write me a DM, write me a message, tell me something, tell me what you think this magical synergy should be called. Because there is something that is crazy that happens when you blend these two together. And that is the key between the majority of the people that we talk to on the Real Art Real Business Summit. They are focused on the quality of what they're making, both craftsmanship level and also messaging. And there's this thing that happens, and and I've been doing this for years, but I don't have a great name for it. And that's really really what I'm looking at. And so I'm, I'm just... I'm running this through my head and and it's only in the last like really two weeks. I mean, I've been thinking about this for about four or five months now. It's really only in the last few weeks that I've really landed on the fact that there is a level above craftsmen and artists and it's when these two things feed together and it's bigger than the sum of their parts. It's not the two things added together. It's multiplication. And that's what puts you in the stratosphere of being this extremely uh, relevant artist, craftsman, and that's where this magic level where you can basically set your price of whatever you want because your message is so poignant that people are on the message. And then the craftsmanship is so on point that they get the product and they're blown away. The messaging is amazing. You give them crazy talking points. And then for the other people that don't necessarily care about the message, they just care about the craftsmanship, you've got something for them too. You're hitting both ends of your market in this really dynamic way that is undeniable. That At that point, your customer has to give you the money. They have to give you the money because... There's nothing left to argue with. There's nothing left to leave on the table. Well, but what if it's right there? There is no more what if. You're answering all of these questions in your customer's head. 
And from the jump, I mean, from the get-go, you're answering these questions. You hook them in with the message or you hook them in with the quality and then they get the other part of it and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm not going anywhere else and you've just made a lifelong customer. That's the key. What do we call that? Let me know. Hit me up on at Buffalo Craft Co. on Instagram or Facebook and also at The Jewelers Philosophy on Instagram or Facebook. I want to hear from you. Please reach out to me. Let me know. I'm super excited. But that is really, it's this thing that's just been gnawing at me. I just can't get it out of my head. What is this magical unicorn idea and what do I call it? So thank you guys so much. This has been The Jewelers Philosophy. I'm Mark Farrell, The Jeweler. We'll talk to you guys next time. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening. Hit me up at Buffalo Craft on Instagram and Buffalo Craft Co. on Instagram and at Buffalo Craft on Facebook and also at The Jewelers Philosophy on both Instagram and Facebook. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya. If you want even more information about growing your art-based business, head over to buffalocraft.com now. There, you'll find our special holiday offer, including all the MP3 downloads from the Real Art Real Business Summit and the custom Buffalo Craft Mill t-shirt. Head over to buffalocraft.com now to check it out.